0: Hello,
1: everyone. Welcome to our third episode of Honesty Hour. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we have an exciting guest. um, But before we get started, I just kind of want to talk about my week and how it's been going. Um, I actually just moved back to LA. So it's been a little bit stressful kind of getting back into the groove of things and doing school from a different location. But I'm still like doing a lot of my mindfulness exercises, deep breathing, and meditating. So that's been helping me a lot. I know a lot of times when you move, especially now with what's going on with COVID, when I've been at home for a significant amount of time. So moving back um, is a big change for me just because I was home for like six to seven months. But I'm getting used to it, and um, hopefully it just goes well, and I'm looking forward to seeing how... um, My journey continues. Today our guest, her name is Olivia Bowser. She graduated from Syracuse University, but now she lives on the West Coast. She's the founder and CEO of Liberate Studio, and is an outdoor enthusiast who strongly believes in the power of mindfulness and the importance of physical and mental health. While having a discussion with her friends last summer, she realized that her surrounding community was struggling in terms of stress, anxiety, and depression. She realized there was not one place where physical health, mental health, and community could come together. As a result, she created Liberate. Please welcome Olivia Bowser.
0: Hello. How
2: are you doing today? Hi, good. How are you? Sorry, my Zoom was being so spastic.
1: No worries at all. Thanks so much for um, talking with us today and being a part of the podcast.
2: Of course. I'm so excited. I'm so happy Jung, who is doing some intern work for Liberate, was the one who thought of this idea. And so I think it's perfect. I'm excited. You know, so perfect because he reached out to me like through email and he was like, I
1: think this she would be a great person to have on the podcast. So yeah, it's it's going to be a great time. And I'm looking forward to getting to know you and Liberate Studio. Amazing. I'm so excited. Thank yeah. you. So I gave a little bit of an introduction earlier, um, but is there anything specific that you want to? Our audience to know about you before we get started?
2: Oh gosh. Um, I think, you know, I am really just a human being at the end of the day. And a lot of different founders and entrepreneurs start something because they experience a difficulty in their own life. So that's the same with me. You know, my mental health journey has been a long one like everybody else. And I really saw a gap for, you know, a space where we could all work on ourselves together. And that has brought me to this moment along with, you know, everything else I'm sure we'll dive into too. But yeah, I'm just excited to be here and to be really working on, you know, our mission of mainstreaming mental health.
1: Awesome. Cool. So I think what we'll do is kind of just start off by like talking about your background, where you came from, because I know you graduated from Syracuse University, talking about that a little bit, how that shaped you, and then maybe going into um, your journey, journey to starting Liberate, if that works for you.
2: Yeah, that sounds great. Did you grow up in Syracuse as well? I did, yeah. So I was born and raised in upstate New York and there was no way I was going to school so close to my family I was getting out of there um and you know when it came down to it SEO was such a great school my sister had gone there I knew I really liked the size of it and the and the business program there so it just ended up being the right fit despite my best attempts to move away from home
1: Yeah. So did you always know you wanted to study business and be kind of in the space that you're in now? Or was that kind of a journey that you had to um, kind of go through the process of school to figure out what you wanted to do?
2: Yeah, I... I always knew I wanted to do, or I thought I always wanted to do marketing and it was actually the company Tom's, which I was so obsessed with in high school and growing up because they had marketing and they had that business, but they were doing something positive with it. Right. And they were, you know, using their marketing to give shoes to those in need. And I thought that was so cool. So it was kind of my dream in high school to, you know, become the leader of the department who gets to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, business school just made sense.
1: Yeah. So then what was your experience like at Syracuse University?
2: Uh, I loved it. I think maybe a lot of your listeners go to USC, but if anybody has not gone to college yet, Syracuse is just the best school on the planet, I think. Um, You know, even though I grew up nearby, it was still a really siloed experience, you know, it wasn't like big was on campus. And I really got to find my people as you know, you do if you're lucky at college. And I joined, you know, a sorority, I joined a collegiate athlete team, I joined a business fraternity, I got to like, try out all these different, you know, paths and and groups of human beings and communities to kind of see where I fit best. And I even then now that I say it, like, that is kind of blending everything that Liberate is, whether it's the physical movement and, you know, the mindfulness and the community all together. And I always kind of wanted something of everything. And SU was a good size to be able to give me all of that while also providing a really strong education.
1: That's really cool. Yeah. When I was, I mean, doing my research on Liberate Studio, one of the things that really stood out to me was it's not just a studio for Obviously for uh, mental health and physical health, it's also building a community with the people who are part of that. So that's something that I think, I feel like that probably was like something that you like grew up building that community and you wanted to also foster that for other people.
2: Yeah, right. I mean, there are so many avenues for mental health support and for mindfulness support, whether that's like a meditation app or therapy or you know, going to a Tony Robbins event, (laughs) there are so many different things that you can do, but I really wanted to create something that was reliable as part of your regular routine versus a one-off event. And that made this solo solo journey that is, you know, your mental health journey, more of a communal experience. Like you can still be working on yourself with the support of other people. And I don't really think that that has existed up until Liberate.
1: Well, cool. Um, And then I guess, as you said, like the way that you came to the idea of Liberate was going through your own mental health journey. Um, Did that start at Syracuse or was that a little bit after you left college?
2: I, I think I really started to experience the struggles that you can experience in your 20s when I went to college. So I had summer internships in New York City where I was living on my own and, you know, away from your parents and kind of just developing those natural anxieties that maybe a lot of us develop at that age. And I tried, you know, a lot of different outlets to feel better. I started meditating on my own with apps and I started going to therapy in the city to see if that would help. And there were just kind of all of these uncomfortable feelings that, you know, you become so uncomfortable in your own skin. Like you don't want to be sitting alone in your apartment on a Friday night, you just want something to distract you from it versus, you know, with mindfulness practice, eventually the goal is just to be able to sit with it and coexist with it. Um, So that kind of started my mental health journey, just dealing with those emotions that were new to me and coming up when I was in college, but mostly like, you know, away from college. So I did summer internships in the city in New York. And I also studied abroad twice. And both of those environments were so different and lonely. Um, You know, it was a solo journey to be studying abroad if you didn't have a huge friend group. So those were the times that I was really like, oh my God, I don't like what's going on in my head. I don't know how to fix it um and i really started to eventually turn to yoga mm-hmm. um to just find my breath and find like peace in my body and once i mastered that and was able to bring some of that into the rest of my days then i started to feel more comfortable meditating because i was already familiar with my breath and like that element of stillness that kind of creeps in in yoga mm-hmm. um And then from there, I started journaling. So it all kind of just spiraled into this whole mindfulness, mental health journey. Um, But really, I think, you know, just experiencing the classic anxiety and stressors that a lot of college students face and needing to find a way to deal with it. And for me, it was mindfulness practice.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to go into how... Like certain techniques that you found are very helpful in terms of mindfulness, but we'll get into that a little bit later when we start talking more about Liberate. But um, I guess, like before you started Liberate, you said that you were working for better for you startups. Could you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah. So I moved after college, came out to LA because my friend had a house on Venice Beach. She said, You can come live in my attic for the summer, we'll have so much fun. I was like, I'm there. Um, and I actually had a job lined up at corporate Macy's in the city for an October start. So we had like this long summer to just have fun after school. Um, but as many people do when they come to LA, I did not want to leave. I had the best time ever and just wanted to see if I could find a gig to keep me afloat and stay here instead. Uh, so through, you know, applications on just like Glassdoor, um, LinkedIn, Indeed. I was able to find a position at a really fun, promising startup called Foodsters um, in the baking, better for you CPG category and started there as employee number one, which was such a fun, crazy time. Um, you know, it was really just diving headfirst. And I was so excited about the team and the product and the industry and just kind of spent all of my waking hours um, working for them and just learning everything that there was to know about you know marketing and startups and it was a really amazing time until I got burnt out.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's a big thing with startups. I also worked for a startup in New York City. Um, that was like my first internship I ever had and Yeah, it can be a lot just because you have to wear so many hats during it too. Like obviously you are focused in marketing, but also like there's just so many things that have to collaborate with marketing to portray this vision that you guys have for your company. So I completely understand how that can really burn out someone and that can also like lead to, I mean, decrease in your own mental health too.
2: So, Totally. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately that was why I decided to step away because it was such a promising position, but my mental health was so not okay. I was not sleeping. I had rashes on my body. I was wow. you know, just I wasn't in the right headspace to be able to take on the responsibility that was needed. so it just wasn't you know something that I could do with my mental health, which is what you learn,
1: yeah. And so then, I guess, do you think too, how do you think the transition from college to like the working world as well was that a big shift for you? How did you cope with that?
2: Yeah, not to scare any of the listeners, but <laughs> it's a huge transition and I think what I've learned just going through life, I mean it's been almost 5 years since I went through that transition, but there are transitions in life constantly, whether you're moving to a new place, you're just switching apartments and moving down the street, your roommate's changing, you're getting a new car, you're graduating from college. Like there are constant transitions in life and they can feel super lonely. I mean, I had a lot of friends in LA that I could hang out with and fill my time with, but it's just about getting to know yourself more. And I think you have more alone time after... You know, you're surrounded by your friends nonstop in college. So when you move away from that environment, there's much more solo time. And there's, you know, you're even just commuting to your job every day in the car by yourself. So there's a lot more time to get to know yourself and get to know what you're comfortable with, what you're not comfortable with, what gives you anxiety, what makes you happy. Um, So it was, you know, it's a really important time in everybody's life, but I think it can feel as if you're going through it alone, when in reality, there's so many other people who are dealing with it at the exact same time.
1: Yeah, and one thing too that I, because I'm a senior in college right now and that's something that I'm, like thinking about as well. And one thing too, that I've realized is that also social media is a really big contributing factor to how you're perceiving, how people are adjusting to this change, to this way of like entering the workforce. And it's just like also comparing yourself constantly. And a huge part also for me, that's been really helpful with my mental health is gratitude. And it's really hard to do that when you are seeing what other people are doing constantly through this lens that only shows the positives, you know? So.
2: Totally. Yeah. And I, you know, there are a lot of benefits of social media, right? That's how, you know, we're able to spread awareness for whatever we're working on. But at the same time, somebody who posts an amazing photo of them at brunch on a Saturday, you don't think that they have Sunday scaries, but they probably do. But you know, it's just the content that you're putting out is a highlight reel and it can be really detrimental to whoever is, not also posting that same content or even the people who are, but they're looking at it from their couch.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right. So kind of want to move into talking more about Liberate Studio. I'm really excited to get to know what it's about. Um, I've done a little bit of research, but I want to hear from you. So I know that you you this kind of was this fruitioned out of a conversation you had with your friends. Is that correct?
2: Yes. Yeah. So I can give you the concept story. Um, You know, I've always been really passionate about health and mental well-being, also just physical health. So I go to boutique fitness studio classes pre-COVID, you know, five days a week um, and really big into that space using ClassPass, exploring new studios in the area, things like that. My friends and I were chatting about how we can you know, go to different classes and try new things and started talking about some of our friends who are, and ourselves who are feeling, you know, stressed with work, anxious, lonely. Again, they don't want to sit in their apartment on a Friday night with themselves. That is like a nightmare for them. You know, they'd rather go on a walk for four hours and how we can create something that would make us all feel a little bit better in our own skin. And, you know, all of us are. Smart, beautiful, talented, funny, fun, great time to be around. We have so many wonderful qualities, but it's hard for us to see it. And how can we create a space that just cultivates more self-love? Yeah. Um, it kind of the conversation kind of ended there. We landed on like class past should have a confidence camp. And then, you know, we all went our separate ways. But I didn't stop thinking about it. And I just started doing some research as a business student does. And, you know, I started talking to some sports psychologists, psychologists, meditation leaders, yoga leaders, speaking to them about, you know, how they're able to create a safe space for mental health for their clients, the types of clients that they work with, and just kind of learning more about the options that are out there for our mental well-being. And essentially there aren't a lot of community outlets. So what I was thinking was, well, what if there was, you know, the equivalent of the Barry's bootcamp or the school cycle, but for mindfulness. So instead of going to this 60 minute class where you focus on your physical fitness and you get, you know, a little bit of mental health benefit, endorphins are released, things like that. What if it was the reverse and you went to a 60 minute class that focused on your mental well-being? And there's some physical benefit. We do some yoga, you move your body, but the emphasis is really on your mental well-being, And that doesn't exist. So I sought after and now have created you know, the first ever mental wellness studio that really focuses on evening the scale between what we're investing our time and finances in physical health versus mental health based off of the belief that our health is multidimensional and for way too long our mental well-being has taken a backseat to our physical health. So, you know, it's been about a year and a half since we had that conversation, and there's been a lot of other conversations since then, and business plans created and you know, plans hatched. But the the essence of liberate really started with that one pool side convo.
1: Cool, cool. Yeah, that's that's really interesting to see that how. Like also you were already in a space that you were really passionate about. Obviously you said you went to all of these classes and things like that, but you saw there was a need. And a lot of times I think that's where a lot of startup ideas come from is just kind of in your own life, you see that there's a need and you touched on that a little bit is um, just kind of putting forward what you you're passionate about and making that into a business, which is really cool that you were able to do that. Could you talk a little bit about, I guess, like, how you were able to create that business plan, how that process went for you, and then also the research that went into the whole um, I guess, into building this company. Um, and then maybe like some struggles you came into, some really positive things that came out of it. And if you have any recommendations for entrepreneurs as well.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, the first is I'm a business student at art. So I know how to make a business plan. That was something that you have to do, you know, in your senior year, your capstone, I think it's called, if I remember correctly. Um, So I had kind of the format down for what that would look like. And I just started spending my weekends, my weeknights working on the business plan. And I think that for anyone starting out with an idea, what a business plan really does for you at that stage, because it's not like I was going to go raise capital, but I needed to know that there was room for this idea. And a business plan forces you to do all the research on the industry size, on the opportunity, and really makes you think through every element of, well, who would come? Like, who is our demo? And why do they want this? And just kind of legitimizes your thought more. So that was really helpful for me because the more research I did, the more I kind of gained steam and was like, yes, this is a good idea. so I did that in my free time. And then from there, it was uh, partnering with a sports psychologist, Carl Daubert, who really interestingly uh, leads mental health sessions for collegiate athletes. So he works with colleges and their sports programs will hire him to offer the supplemental training that's actually a requirement for their athletes so that in addition to practicing their hurdles if they're on track and field, they also have to go to this session and go through confidence exercises and how to be present and going through these different kind of mindfulness trainings um, because the coaches know that if their mental health is in a good place, these athletes are going to perform better and they're going to win the races. And I just thought that was so genius. Mm -hmm. And the fact that these collegiate athletes have, you know, basically life performance training, and we as human beings without, you know, supernatural talent for running don't have access to that blew my mind and really inspired me to want to create the same opportunity and resource for just everyday humans who are going through their life and also want to be them be, be their best selves and you know feel and act their best on a regular basis and you really can't do that if you're not focusing on your mental well-being. So, he and I worked together to kind of outline what the curriculum could look like, what the flow would look like, what the main areas of mental health are that people really struggle with from, you know, his experience and research that we did and that helped create what is the liberate method, which is, you know, our class flow of intention setting to mindful movement, reflection through journaling, conversation piece to tie it all together, and then a really grounding meditation to set in the practice. So that was Formulated together and um, kind of paved the way for myself to lead classes. And as we've expanded the team and added three other new class leaders, we're all exercising and training through the Liberate Method, which is the foundation for everything we do. So. That has been a really fun journey. And if anyone listening is going through their own entrepreneurial journey, you know, it's not like I'm Soul Cycle and I've already sold to Equinox and I'm at the peak of the mountaintop. But there are definitely some struggles that I've already experienced and no doubt will continue to experience throughout this process that I'm in. And I think what's the most important thing I've learned so far is... I had a belief that if you build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I make the website and if I just learn how to lead the classes, people will come. If I say, hello, I'm here, you know, we'll have a line out the door. And it did not work like that. It does not work like that from my experience. And when you finish one chapter, when you think you're at the peak of the mountaintop, There is another higher mountain waiting for you right on the other side. So it's important to celebrate the small victories, of course, and to even consider them big. We don't have to consider everything small. But there's always going to be another challenge. And to assume that something is going to come easily would be false is what I've learned from that. So, yeah, good attitude is my number one tip because there's always going to be a new challenge thrown your way.
1: Yeah. And then, um, so does Liberate have a physical space? Do you guys have a place that you go to? Because I know obviously with COVID, it's probably really difficult to have classes and things like that. So how is that working for
0: you?
2: Yeah, the original plan was to open a brick and mortar location in the Santa Monica area. That's where I'm based. But obviously COVID hit and everything was kind of flipped on its head. So we do not have a, a brick and mortar location. We're working on offering outdoor classes in the LA area so we can safely and distance, you know, still get together and practice together. But hopefully when COVID has become, you know, less of a, a threat to our safety, we'll be able to open a studio if Not in 2021, 2022, who knows what the future holds, but right now all of our classes are held virtually over Zoom. So you can tune in from anywhere, which is really nice.
0: That's cool.
2: So I know
1: you mentioned that there's like deliberate methods. So could you talk about the different classes you offer and then also maybe walk us through maybe what that looks like to go through one of your classes. And also if you have a recommendation for anyone who's wanting to learn more, what class should they join? What's the first
0: class
2: they should join? Love those questions. So Liberate Method, I explained, but within the Liberate Method, we have five different themes. And these themes are all around key mental well-being topics. So getting present, connecting your mind and body through that, getting fearless, these classes are more around anxiety, getting grateful. You mentioned earlier, gratitude practice is so important and really has countless benefits. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting proud. This class theme is all around self-love and cultivating more confidence. And then finally, get resilient, which is kind of a buzzword during COVID, I think, of being able to stay strong and overcome anything that gets handed to you. So within each of those five themes, we have multiple variations. Every time you come to class, you'll be diving into different exercises within those themes. But it's a nice way to, you know, more customize your experience. If you feel like you need to be a little bit more grateful lately, or you have really bad anxiety lately and just want to get fearless all day long, you can pick and choose what theme you really need in that moment. My personal favorite theme um, I think is get proud, just because I right now I really feel that we all deserve to love ourselves a little bit more and show ourselves more positive affirmations and kindness. So that class does a really good job of that. Mm -hmm. And I think for anyone who's really fresh to mindfulness and just starting out, the the themes kind of increase in depth as you go from one to five, from present to resilient. So starting with present or fearless is a good way to dip your toe into the mindfulness before getting getting hit with those harder questions. Nice.
1: Um, and then I guess also like so, are is there a progression in the classes that you guys teach? Like if someone is um, if someone already did one of your classes and they were, they they had obtained a lot of knowledge from it and they're applying it, do you guys have like anything that like can also help them further? Um, kind of extend their mindfulness and also like I guess their self-confidence and the different aspects that you were talking about.
2: Yeah, definitely. All of our classes, we leave you with a few tips and a challenge at the end of every class. So you can take those tips with you so the exercise doesn't just stop at the end of class, but you're building on it constantly. And then the challenge is, you know, a challenge for the next few days or for the week to strengthen whatever it is you just learned. And then every time you come back to the same theme, you're taking a different exercise within that, you know, same theme of get proud or self-love. So it's deepening your ability to call on that part of yourself every time you do it.
1: Okay. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, Yeah, because I feel like with obviously with mindfulness and also just self love and um, gratitude, it's a process. It's not just like a one time thing. Which was like something that like when I. Before I had a really really hard time meditating. That was something I struggled with just because for personally, like as you could relate to, I had anxiety and with that is racing thoughts that accompany that. So with that, like I would try to meditate, but it kind of would just be I'd be bouncing all over the place, you know, when I was closing my eyes and just kind of trying to center myself. But as I started to practice and I tried like different techniques, especially one of the things that helped me, start out to get into meditation was the um, progressive muscle relaxation. So like doing that actually really helped me just kind of have something to focus on. And then from there, I was actually able to move into actual meditation. And then that really helped me, but it was a process. Like I did not, I honestly was like, oh, I can do this, but just wasn't the case.
2: Totally. And I think that that's a really good point that you bring up because a lot of human beings are intimidated or simply not interested in meditation or yoga on their own and like doing that for an extended period of time because it can be daunting to just sit in silence with your own thoughts who wants to do that but if you have you know our our classes and our method are set up in a way that even if you're not a huge fan of yoga or of meditation it's a small length of time that's fully guided and bookended with other elements of mindfulness to help with that piece that it goes by so quickly. And you might think you don't like meditation. And after doing a couple of classes, you're like, I'm ready to go take a 45 minute meditation because I realize I can totally handle this. And it's a great way to kind of dip your toe into mindfulness in a really safe and supportive space.
1: Nice. Um, I definitely want to also now go into what I was talking about previously about um, tips and techniques that you would have for people who are kind of engaging in mindfulness. What really helped you um, be able to practice this maybe every day or also just get, um, I guess, increase the time you're able to meditate? How did that go? How was that process? But before we go into that, my bird is making a little bit of noise. so I'm just going to go check in on him because he's just kind of
0: talking. So I don't want him to like bother the podcast. Oh, my God. I'm so fine. I didn't even hear him. Oh really? You can the oh. Camera, if you want. Yeah, I can show you. Oh. Oh, God, he's so cute. Yeah, he. Um, I just beautiful adopted, his
1: colors. I just adopted him. He's only like six months old, so he's a little baby.
0: Oh my god, he's so beautiful. What's his name? His name's Adi. It's a Hindi name, and it means beginning. So, yeah. Oh my
2: gosh, I love that. He's stunning.
1: But he like loves to talk when other people are talking.
0: So he was just like kind of chirping away in the background. You okay? Oh. <gasps> yeah, he so like gives so little cool. kisses. He's like, give <laughs> me a kiss. Wow.
2: Did you train him to do that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Yeah.
0: I love that.
1: He's, yeah. really he's, awesome. he's also something that's like helped with my um With my anxiety and mindfulness is kind of like having him to just like look over and watch and just observing also how he portrays life through his eyes is just really amazing. And it's, it's just kind of like, it's also interesting to see their growth as well, because he was he was very, very anxious when I first got him. And it's just interesting to see his growth um, and how he's adjusted to being in a new environment and also just kind of adjusting to me too. So that's also been a really helpful thing for my mental health, which is interesting because you wouldn't really think about that with a parrot, you know? So
2: Totally. But I think it gives you too probably a sense of purpose when I think right now it's Tough to feel super purposeful, like when life is in this stagnant limbo state with everything that's going on, but you have something to care for and to nurture, and you know that is one of the most powerful purposes out there. So,
1: yeah, I'm gonna go with an animal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I want a dog.
1: (laughs) I know, I know. I, I miss my dog so much back home. Um, yeah, it was such a It's such like a stress reliever also just feeling that like unconditional love that they're able to provide for you, you know?
2: Right. It helps you maybe bring more of that into your own love. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely.
1: Well, yeah. So let's like go into um, different tips that you have for just increasing mindfulness practices, just being more involved in your mental health and um, yeah, anything that you would like to touch on in terms of that.
0: Cool.
2: I think, you know, it's fine to start small and there's a lot of pressure when you're meditating to not have thoughts and you're like, oh, I'm so bad at meditating. I'm not going to do it anymore because I was thinking the whole time, but that's okay. I mean, I meditate every day and a lot of the time I'm thinking during it. And what's important is to one, give yourself gratitude and love for taking that time for yourself. But to to just acknowledge the thought. So, you know, you can use an app like Calm or Headspace or 10% Happier, which is my personal favorite app um, by Dan Harris. And, you know, they'll they'll guide you through a meditation and you can do it for three minutes or five minutes or ten minutes. But the only thing that matters is that you acknowledge when you're thinking. So it's okay if you have thoughts 800 times throughout the three minutes. But if you're able to recognize, oh, I was just thinking, and like, you can even kind of laugh at yourself. Like I was thinking again, I'm so out of control. Mm -hmm. That's mindfulness. Being aware of your thoughts as they're happening is a huge milestone. And I think it's easy for us to be really hard on ourselves when we're doing a mindfulness practice because we think it's supposed to be so easy, but it's okay to just start small. and. You know, be thinking or try yoga and be really bad at it at first. But it doesn't really matter as long as you're doing it. As we get older, I think we get more and more uncomfortable doing things that we we don't feel good at. When you're a kid, you don't care if you're good at anything. You're just playing. You know, you're just doing something for fun. So we have this concept of recreational mindfulness that I like to say when I refer to liberate because we're we're practicing mindfulness but it's fun. It's just a recreation. We're not doing this in a competitive sense. We're not doing this to reach an end goal. We're just doing it to feel good and to have fun. And yeah, the more you do it, the better you are most likely going to get, but there shouldn't be this pressure of performance around it. So that's something that I think is really helpful just to tell yourself right now, like, I'm going to go try something new and I'm not going to put any pressure on the performance of it. I'm just going to do it to have fun. And that really helps me.
1: Yeah. I think that goes back to the point that we were talking about how people get intimidated by kind of mindfulness practices because they think they're also supposed to be good at it right away. And then they're like, oh, mindfulness is not, and meditating is not for me when it just doesn't work out. And also like, I like, even with myself, I see myself going back to that where like, if I have a thought, I'm like, oh, why do I keep like, why are these thoughts keep coming in my head? But what you're saying really makes sense. Like appreciate the th- those thoughts and then just like take it in and, um, and maybe use that also as a learning experience too.
2: Right. And I, I had a friend once who asked me, you know, is I heard meditation is kind of like working out, like you have to, you have to do it a lot to be good at it. And I had never been, no one had ever said that to me before, but I thought about it and I said, If you go to the gym for the first time and try to do a weightlifting circuit, it's going to be so hard. You're going to be miserable, and you're not going to be good at it. Nobody's good at lifting twenty pounds twenty pound weights if they've never done it before. But if you come back and you do it three times a week, you get stronger. It gets easier. You increase the weight. You increase the amount of time. And for some reason, just because meditation is literally just sitting there, it seems like it should be really easy right away when you compare it to other you know skill-based exercises that you do you realize oh actually everything takes a couple times to get into the rhythm of it so there's a little less pressure to like crush it the first time
0: yeah definitely
1: I I can completely resonate with that um and then I guess one thing too I wanted to talk about was um for yourself what have you seen change in your life because of mindfulness practices? What have you seen? That's what has meditation affected in your life? And um, I guess, yeah, where were you before you, I mean, what was your mindset before and now where do you feel your mindset is now?
0: Mm
2: -hmm. That's a great question. Um, And and world mental health day is coming up too. So I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, She's on the 10th and you know, I really think that meditation has changed my life and changed who I am meditation as well as just mindfulness practice in general. But I used to have this idea, this idea that I believed was true, that anxiety comes in my mind and takes over. I am not in control. My hands are tied. It runs away with me. I'm totally helpless. And that thought freaked me out more, you know, to the point where you need A medication to calm down you need to be going to regular therapy i need to be calling someone so they can help me calm down my breathing and meditation has helped me learn that i can actually coexist with my anxiety so i can be anxious no problem (laughs) but i'm also still there so i can still function and have conversations and breathe And talk to myself and calm myself down while anxiety is also present. So instead of feeling powerless Mm -hmm. when I feel something, meditation, I think, has given me the space to separate myself from the anxiety and create room in my mind to manage it. And it's really just changed. I mean, there are plenty of studies that say meditation changes the way your brain works. And I really think it has changed my brain and empowered my purpose because through my own experience with meditation and mindfulness, I realized what an impact it has had with me and, you know, others who have less or more severe anxiety or just stress any, you know, anything that they're going through, it can also help them. And the combination of meditation with, movement and journaling and connecting your mind and body more deeply through those different modalities, there's no negative effect, right? Like I would never say to you, meditation's made my life worse. Yeah. Yeah. Worst case scenario, it doesn't really change you. But even that I think is unlikely.
1: Yeah. And then could you describe the first time you meditated, what that process was like for you?
2: Yeah. Uh I probably really didn't like it. It was a long time ago. Um but my my family's pretty into mindfulness. So my dad has always meditated my sisters were meditating. So I gave it a try. I loved Headspace. I thought it was, you know, such a genius app and I used Headspace probably did, you know, 5 minutes, which I thought was a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I think 5 minutes lasted nine years it felt like <laughs> yeah. long time. Mm-hmm. Um and afterward I think I was probably like I didn't really feel anything. Well, I'm happy it's
0: over. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But the the more you
2: do it, you know, you can't be expected to be blown away by something you do for five minutes for the first time. Yeah. You know, I think. And I think also, you know, for me, there's an age difference you know when I was trying to meditate when I was 17 I really didn't love who I was Mm -hmm. and the more comfortable you are in your own skin the more you love yourself I think the more comfortable you are sitting with yourself so Mm -hmm. it's gotten easier for me to do that I'm like I can sit in silence for hours now (laughs) I prefer it (laughs) but it's a while it's a journey for sure Definitely. Um, okay. So
1: one of the things I was wondering you could do is kind of go into resources. If you have anything you'd like to rec- recommend to people, I know you said the 10% happiness was one thing, if you could talk about that and then maybe some other resources that have helped you. And then after that, I was wondering, could you guide us through like some sort of
2: exercise, like a mindfulness exercise? Yes, I would love to do that. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, so resources, you can definitely check out you know, our blog on liberate studiocom we have some roundups of brands we love and, and different outlets that we love, but 10% Happier is my favorite app for meditation. They have a lot of really renowned uh, leaders in the meditation space that guide you through courses as well as one-off classes. They have a free 30-day trial, so anybody can try it. Um, and the meditations are on the shorter side. Most of them are under 30 minutes, mm-hmm. so... If you're looking for, you know, a five or 10 minute, it's a good option. And then if you're going to use that app, or even if you're not, you have to read the book 10% Happier by Dan Harris. So he, you know, wrote this book. He's this big TV guy um, who had a panic attack on national television, turns to meditation to, you know, try to calm himself down basically, and develop this theory that meditation can make you 10% happier. So, this book is all about his journey with mindfulness and meditation. And if you're a skeptic, it could change your mind. Even Mm -hmm. if you're not, it's just a really great book. Um, And then, you know, another book that I think can help you really come into your own skin more and love yourself a little bit more deeply is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It just came out this spring, I believe. And it's wildly popular right now for a good reason. You know, it's all about owning your wild, owning your instincts and your natural tendencies and just leaning into who you are it's a really powerful read um power now Eckhart Tolle is a great book totally if you're interested in diving into you know how to stay more present in life but again we have a total book roundup on our site so I won't go into all of the books if you're interested in mindfulness reads definitely check that out Um, And then, you know, you can try single meditation classes and apps too. But especially if you're just starting out, I think a class that, you know, blends a few modalities together like liberate is a really supportive way to start to expand your mindfulness practice. And otherwise, you know, find playlists too on Spotify that you can listen to that are like nature background music, or you can, you know, listen to meditation music. There's a lot of still calm playlists on Spotify that can help calm you down if you're ever feeling a little worked up or anxious while you're sitting at home. So yeah, check those out. And then anything else on our site is up for grabs too. Well, yeah, we'll definitely, um, we
1: have um, a resource page, so we'll definitely put those resources that you put out and then also link your website and everything. So if people are interested in signing up for classes, they definitely can. Perfect.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. So what exercise would you like to do? Okay. And also just, I mean, it's a
2: podcast, so you might have to like narrate a little bit of what you're doing. <laughs> oh, I'm going to narrate the whole thing. Oh, okay. okay. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to do a census exercise, which... Our five senses are sight, sound, taste, touch, and smell. And through our five senses, we experience everything in life, the good, the bad, ugly, sad, everything. We're absorbing it through those five senses. So we're going to go ahead and tune into them more deeply so we can find a little bit more joy in this moment and day. So if you're listening, you can close your eyes if you're comfortable. If you prefer to have them open, you can go ahead and
0: open them with a soft downward gaze. We're going to do a quick little meditation to connect with our senses. You can inhale deeply through your nose. You can exhale deeply through your nose. Take a few moments here to relax your face. Loosening your jaw, letting your eyes droop. And now tune into your breath. Feeling the rise and fall of your chest. As you inhale through your nose. And exhale through your nose. And allow this breath to expand throughout your body. Inhaling. And exhaling. As you send your breath across your chest. Down your arms. And into your legs. And we'll begin to tune in to our senses here. Beginning with smell. Take in any sense around you. And if you can't smell anything distinct, it could be the temperature of the air as you inhale through your nose. Now moving to taste any residual flavors left over in your mouth. Taste them here. Let them fill your mouth. And absorb any sounds you hear. acknowledging each one on its own with your eyes closed you can tune into your sight seeing the light as it comes through And engage with touch, rubbing your leggings here, your arms, anything nearby. And going back to smell, bring to mind a scent that brings you joy. Inhale deeply through your nose and smell that scent fully present. Exhale and move on to taste. What taste brings you joy? Maybe the taste Of fresh cookies baked or fruit. Inhale as you taste. And exhale, moving on to sound. Think of a sound that brings you joy. This could be the sound of your bird chirping. the ocean inhale and hear that sound fully and exhale release to move on to sight and bring to mind a sight that brings you joy Inhaling that sight of a nature scene or your loved ones. And exhale, release. And finally, touch. Think of something you love to touch. Could be soft sheets your dog's coat. Inhale deeply through your nose. Feel that texture on your hands. And exhale, release. You can gently roll out your neck your wrists, or your ankles here to bring yourself back into the present moment. And you can flutter your eyes open whenever you're ready. And
2: hopefully you feel tuned in to the present moment, body and mind connected as one and full of joy for all of those things that activate your senses in a positive way. Thank you.
1: That was really nice. I really like that one. Um, I've only done one, I think, like sensory meditation kind of, and that one was really nice. You also have a really peaceful voice. That's really
2: nice to listen to. Thank you. I know my my friends, I have my meditation voice. Softer, more calm. But yeah, senses are a really good way to just to tune into yourself. And I chose that exercise because it's really great for. If you're having anxiety or a panic attack, tuning into your five senses is a good way to take your mind out of whatever is running away with it, whether it's thoughts of the past or the future. It's a really good way to come back into your body and regain some of that control over your mind.
0: Oh, definitely. Well, thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to leave the audience with before we finish up? Um, I. I'm so grateful to
2: you, first of all, for having me on this podcast. So thank you so much for that. And I just want to say that regardless of what you're going through, there's no reason to feel like you're alone with any of your struggles. So whether it's Liberate or any other community that you find, allow yourself to accept support because you're not in anything alone. So hopefully we can be that community for you. And if not, whatever works for you, we fully support.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk with us. Um, I'll definitely send you a link to the podcast once it's edited and everything like that. So you can listen. And if you want, you can also promote it too. If you, um, ever want like people to hear like your side of the story and things like that. But, um, yeah. So thanks for being, thanks for talking with us and we should stay in touch just in case like there's another opportunity for us to partner again or something like that.
2: Totally, yeah, and I'll give you guys both a class uh code, so you can come try a class and see yeah. what you think too. i yeah. um, excited to you know be having this conversation with you know a potential student group too that is going through their own struggles. God knows, so um you know, happy to be a resource for everyone.
1: Awesome, well,
2: thank you so much, and have a great day. Stay safe and healthy. Uh, right back at you, thanks.
0: Talk to right. you here. Bye. It's not a gym, it's a red skin.